Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Joining me today is Chelsea Paquin, who is an astrologer, a full-time van lifer, a podcast host, and a certified microdose practitioner, among other things. Chelsea, welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here, and I have so many things I want to ask you about. Um, <laughs> but I guess the first question would be, like, how would you describe yourself, and like, what, what do you do in your own words? Ooh. And, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah. So, I mean, you summed it up perfectly in your intro. So I am a van lifer. I feel like first and foremost, that is how I live my life day to day is in my beautiful van, you know, and then I also work full time in marketing. And then on the side, I'm an astrologer. I do a lot of natal chart readings and just working with people to kind of understand their lives in a different way or put different language to it than they have before. And then through astrology, I have also discovered podcasting for one. So started a podcast and then also the certified microdosing practitioner. So those are kind of all connected. And one of the big things I'm actually working on now, and I would say for the last like six months, is how to combine all of those things. Mm -hmm. I've learned astrology brought me to all of them. And now I'm like, okay, how do I put them all together? <laughs> hmm, very cool. Um, so I'm definitely interested in like the whole van life thing and how you got into it. There was a certain point in my life where I was like really interested in it. And I think we both followed the same person because I remember you brought it up in your podcast one time. can't remember her name. Is it Sydney? Divine on the Road? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I followed her for a while and then I remember like watching all these YouTube videos and stuff about it. I never did it, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how did you like originally get into it, and what was the like process like, and how long have you been doing it? Yeah, so today is actually our four-year van life anniversary. Oh, so wow. congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Halloween of 2019, we moved out of our apartment. So yeah, we got into it though. So it was my boyfriend and I. We had been dating about a year, I guess. At that point, we had been friends before that, but we were dating about a year, living up in New Hampshire. And it was winter. I remember it was like December of that year. And we were both kind of like, I'm so sick of this winter. I'm so sick of snow. I'm so sick of the Northeast. Like, let's move. So we were looking at where we wanted to move. We knew we wanted to go somewhere warm. We knew we wanted to stay in more urban areas, you know, whether it was a big city or a small city, just somewhere with something to do. We really couldn't decide. We bought a huge map and put it on the wall put pins in everywhere we might want to move. And then we were like, well, I guess if we visit all of these places with our two weeks of PTO that we have every year, in 30 years, we'll know where we want to move. And <laughs> so we were like really grappling with that. And we were like, do we just move somewhere that we think we'll like? We talked a lot about like Southern California. We talked about Nashville, talked about Atlanta, I think at one point, Austin, you know, all these like up and coming, like cool cities. And then, yeah, I came across, it was on Pinterest. We were actually just talking about it the other day. I don't know what I searched on Pinterest and Divine on the Road came up for van life. And we actually knew someone who had done van life 
before that, like in our own lives. And I remember, you know, it was like two years before we were thinking about it. And I remember being like, Carla and Jake are insane for doing this. Like, this is so bizarre. Why are they doing it? I did not get it at all at the time. And then seeing Sydney's post on Pinterest, I was like, huh, now this is a way to get around our two weeks of PTO and going to visit everywhere we want to in the country. And so I brought it up to him. He originally was like, not that into it. He was pretty open, but he was like, I don't know, like, you're going to do this. It's so not like me to be into this van life thing. We were like, let's just go look at vans. We went to the dealership, found one we liked, and then bought it. (laughs) And we were like, I remember I cried the whole way home. It was like such a one. It wasn't impulsive necessarily, but it was definitely like all ideas. And then when we bought it, it was like, oh, my God, like now we own this van and now we have to live in it. Yeah, I like cried the whole way home. And I was like, can we return it? And he was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. No, (laughs) we bought this van. We're doing it. And so we built it out. We thought we were going to do it for a year. And here we are four years later, still doing it, loving it, rocking it. So, yeah, that was kind of how it started. That's awesome. Um, So did you like how did that? work in with like the work that you were doing and like did you did you already work remote at that point or did the both of you yeah so we were both working full-time jobs in marketing in new hampshire so nine to fives every day normal like jobs and the plan was to just freelance so once we bought the van we started trying to find clients and do it on the side and i actually ended up getting fired from my job like two months after we bought the van. Yeah. Which was like a total shock to my system. I was like, I'm such a good worker. This is so not like me. It had no reflection on me as a worker. It's taken me a very long time to like come to terms with that. But I was like shook. I was like, holy shit. So I immediately I was like, all right, I guess I'm freelancing now. Like, I guess I'm diving headfirst into it, which ultimately like it all worked out, obviously. I found some clients and then he went maybe like a month before we moved into the van full time. He had gotten enough freelance clients and quit his job. So it was definitely a transition period. And then I ended up the day we moved into the van was the same day I started freelancing for the company that now I work full time for. So Mm. it all kind of like comes full circle in that way. Awesome. So I'm assuming that like you went to college for marketing and that sort of thing. And like, is that still something that I imagine you can use in like all the other things that you do too? Marketing is like such a useful skill that I'm, I'm learning as I'm going on my own um, and know nothing about. (laughs) Um, Did you, yeah. Did you always like want to get into marketing and like were interested in it or? No, no, honestly, (laughs) Uh, I changed my major. I don't know, like eight times in college. When I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. All I knew is I really liked to read and write. So I went in undecided. And then I was like, Oh, I'll be an English major. Pretty quickly. I was like, I like to read and write, but not like these academic books. I'm like, I just kind of like to read more leisurely. And I don't want to have to write papers on it. So then I was like, maybe I'll be a journalist. I think I was an anthropology major at one point. I have a minor in psychology and English, and then I ended up in communications. And basically, the only reason I landed there was if I changed my major one more time, I would not have graduated. 
on time. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> nice. Uh, so what did it look like when you graduated college? Like, did you go out job hunting like, you know, any other college kid? Or like, I remember like for me, it was, mm, I took like a bunch of time off and like, I didn't like initially get a job and I like waited for a long time. Um, what, what did that look like for you when you graduated? Yeah. So I graduated from UConn and then I actually was lucky enough that one of my internships, I had an internship for a nonprofit like the summer before my senior year, I guess. And I actually worked for them all through my senior year part-time. So it was nice when I graduated, I, I had that job with them. So I was able to just kind of like go right into it. I was running events for them, which I loved. I loved that job. I would have never left if it were up to me, but it was just part-time. So eventually it got to the point I was living at home. I was commuting from, from my parents' house, which is in like Northwest Connecticut down to Hartford. So it was like an hour 15 drive each way, sometimes further, but I got to travel a lot with them, which was really cool. I went like all over the country running events for them, not getting paid very well with it being a nonprofit. And eventually my mom was like, okay, I think you need to like get out of the house. <laughs> you need <laughs> like, let's find you a real job. Let's do it. And so I ended up applying at the company she worked at, which was headquartered up in New Hampshire. And that's how I ended up in New Hampshire was I got just like a marketing associate job there. I moved up. I knew absolutely no one. It was the scariest thing I've ever done to this day was mm. getting in the car and driving up there with no apartment, no place to live. The company put me in a hotel for, I think, like six weeks. Yeah, which was great. And then I moved in with two guys who I met through like a girl at work was like, I heard you need an apartment. I know these two guys who are looking for a roommate. And I was like, uh, not really how I pictured it. But at this point, like, I guess. I went and met them. They are like two of my closest friends to this day. It's how I met my boyfriend. So it all ended up like working out. I couldn't have asked for more in the end, but it was definitely a leap of faith to like get there. Mm. So when you first got into like working for a marketing job and you, we were up in New Hampshire, was it something that like you enjoyed and like you felt like you were learning? And because my experience, like once I got into jobs from college I was just like confused and I, I mean definitely different industries but I, w I went from like learning so much information and like always being challenged in college to then like getting this job where there was like so little required of me and I was just like always confused <laughs> what was what was your experience from like going to college to working full-time yeah. So I think in some ways it sounds like that. And in other ways, it was very different. So it was a medical device company. And so I was always confused, but I was always confused because I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> and like having to market this device and having to learn all these things about your respiratory system, I was like so far in over my head in that way that I was like, I don't even know how to like market any of this stuff because I don't even know what it does. I am so confused. I'm so lost. It was a small company. They were private at the time working on going public. The CEO was difficult to say the least. Every time I had an interaction with him, I would like have to go home crying. So it was tough. It was very tough. I felt like in college, I felt smart. Like I felt like I was good at things. I felt like 
I can do anything I put my mind to. And I feel like that job like shattered any sense of confidence I had. So in that way, it was pretty bad. But I did learn a lot about marketing, I will say. Um, It was definitely like a crash course of like, here's what the real world is like. And here's how you actually have to do like, this is what you actually have to do. So that was good. And so I did learn a lot of skills then that I still use now, which was good. But and then that also brought you into like being able to freelance and and kind of do it on your own. Yeah. So I left that job and then had another job in between marketing arts and crafts. And I was like, felt like it was the best. I was like, oh my God, this could not be easier compared to a medical device company. Now I just get to tell people like, here are different crafts you can do with your paint. Um, Loved it. it. That was great. And then that's the job that I left to go to freelance. And and what did freelancing look like for you as far as like how to get clients and stuff like that? Like, did you have contacts in industry just because you were working in marketing or like how does one go and get clients? <laughs> yeah. So, no, I had no contacts. Um, I used the website Upwork a lot. Hmm. So that was how I started. I was doing mostly social media, just making posts, graphics, captions, things like that for some really random companies. Like when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing? There was one I just always laugh at. Their logo looked like it had been made on like Microsoft Paint. Like their (laughs) logo was so bad. And they were like a driver's ed company in Texas, I think. And the guys were nice. They were just like two older guys running this driver's ed school. And I was like, I don't know what you want from me. Like I'm doing my best here, but like we need, there are so many things going wrong. Like social media is not going to help your your cause. But yeah, I was using Upwork a lot. I think Indeed had some like filters and stuff you could do for remote work, LinkedIn too, but mostly Upwork. I got a lot through Upwork. And then, yeah, I started the job I'm still at now. I started, I think like 10 hours a week doing like Facebook ads for them. And they taught me everything about Facebook and Instagram ads. I had no experience, but for whatever reason, they took a chance on me. And now I'm a VP there. I work there full time and have a ton of clients. So yeah, that's been that's been good. And it's really flexible. So the whole company is remote. We have people like all over the world. It's a really small company. There's maybe like 10 of us full time there. So it's been great because it kind of allows me to make my own schedule. And as long as the clients are happy, no one really questions what I do. And so that really allows me to do things like the podcast or do readings on the side. Hmm. So when you first started doing like the Upwork stuff, what like year was this in? Because I mean, everybody now can like work remote mostly. Um, yeah. But like, was this, this was pre-pandemic? Yes. Yeah, it was pre-pandemic. So it would have been like the summer of 2019. Okay. So that's what allowed you obviously to be able to step into van life and that sort of thing. Hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I couple couple directions I could go in. I guess yeah. I want to ask you more <laughs> so about like working for the company that you do now because for me like I've always with with my college degree I've always had jobs that like I didn't like or didn't feel like I was making a difference or like there was even a point in me showing up to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but since then like since quitting that career and and getting out of those large corporations that I used to be in I've worked for like smaller companies now and like actually felt like, you know, a reason to want to work for this company and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Can you like, 
I don't know. Tell me about like how your day job, your quote unquote nine to five is. And like, is it something you ever would want to leave? Or is it like a piece of you that you like would like to keep? Because yeah, like for some of my side jobs, like I right now, I wouldn't want to leave them because I like, I enjoy that piece of it. It like takes you out of the business mindset and like puts you in a different headspace that can then, they kind of help each other, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm curious as to like how that is for you. Yeah, that's a a really good question. Um, I do really like it and I definitely make a difference there. I think that being said, it's not really something I'm passionate about. We do lead generation for sales teams. So that's not to say that it's soulless work, but it sometimes I'm like, we're just selling something to more people and going in circles, you know? And so I feel like I'm not super passionate about the actual work I do. I do really like my clients. I have really good clients typically who, once I get to know them, I'm like, oh, I do want you to succeed. You know, we work with some smaller businesses and I'm like, oh, I do want to help you. This is your dream. So I do enjoy that part of it. That being said, if I could you know, do astrology full time or, you know, help people, I think, in a more meaningful way, I would definitely leave the job I'm in now. But, Mm, you know, I think it's a really good and I've learned a lot, too. Like, I sometimes think that I wouldn't even know how to take the first step towards like leaving a job like that if I didn't have this job. You know, the two co-founders, they started really scrappy. They started like they had one guy, I think the story goes, had a studio apartment. The other guy was like living on his couch and they started like shopping around social media and just kind of like very scrappy and just like doing what they could. And now, you know, not that it's a huge company by any means, but like they have like 15 employees. And so I've definitely like just learned a lot about watching them and how they run a business. Hmm. And I really respect them. And so I've like learned a lot, whereas I think the other jobs i'm like i would never want a company like that and i didn't necessarily respect the people in charge so Mm. even though i learned like technical skills i think from this job i've learned a lot about what i would want if i ever got to that point of running a company or hiring employees i've learned a lot from them or like how to grow a business things like that Mm. yeah that's a really good point that that's how i feel with the small company that i work for it's like i can i have conversations with the owners and like you know, they value your opinion and like you can see how mm-hmm. they treat the employees and like how they run their business. And yeah, for me, it's like a learning experience also. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. And are you doing engineering for them? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely like left the engineering field with, a um, bitter terms, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I, I think was, my path for a reason, like I worked for huge companies, like put a horrible taste in my mouth and I was like, I'm not ever doing this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure there's like small engineering companies out there where like I could find a similar experience, but like, no, my like side business now is like something or side, what do you call it? Uh, side, side gig. Like gig. Or yeah. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> is like completely different. So I, I was doing like various stuff and then like I g- kept getting burnt out and I was like, all right, I need to do something like I want to do for reasons other than money. And I was like, mm-hmm. I always kind of wanted to be a barista. Like maybe I should like apply to coffee shops. I live in like a little city and there's like tons of coffee shops around. So I applied to be a barista, but it's like a bagel shop. <laughs> so 
so like I did coffees at first, but then we like completely got rid of our espresso machine and like I started doing different things and then like got involved in farmers markets and like found that to be like such a cool culture and like I love farmers markets now and like I work usually like three a week. So that's and like, what so are you cool. doing at the farmers? I just market. sell bagels <laughs> for the company. Yeah, yes, which is like almost its own little business in and of itself because you're like I'm the only one that goes to this market and like I'm selling the product and like I can see like how much I'm making and like it, I don't know it's almost like a little mini business within the business. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like I don't have to worry about like the product. I'm just like selling the product now. So it's like sales and like communicating with people and like I'm learning all these skills that like. I was weak in. So yeah, I I now have like understood like, okay, it it's not a complete failure if you can't like make your sole business or your passion like support you 100%. It's almost like more interesting to have like different pieces of your life because you could go do this thing and then you can go do this other thing and not get burnt out in one of them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's been like a big mindset shift for me recently. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, like you just said, even like selling, you know, like sales is such a skill that you are learning it at bagels, selling bagels at the farmer's market. But like, you know, eventually, or if you're not already, like you could use that to sell your, your audio, your editing skills, you know, like just even the skills transfer. They do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and certainly like I've learned things in my corporate engineering career that obviously I, use to this day um it's just you know i I, because i'm bitter about it i i don't like to think that i did (laughs) yeah no fuck that you learned nothing it was always the time i'm with you (laughs) right right but actually that kind of leads me to like i i kind of had to have that mindset for me to like leave it because i needed to be like super angry about my situation in order to actually make a change so it, mm-hmm. it was all helpful. It was n- none of it was like not helpful. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason, you know, like, mm-hmm. or maybe I shouldn't say that, but there's always like the lesson, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, always every- something to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So bringing it back to like van life, because I feel like we cut your work up to like the van life portion. What was it like? like so you just bought like an empty van because I'm just because I'm personally curious about van life <laughs> um, and you just like put a mini apartment in it like how did you do that like did you find stuff online like did you know how to do any of that or uh, no yeah so yeah we bought an empty van uh, we were told that it was an electrician's van when we bought it and then we actually just discovered like this summer the light was hitting it just right on the side and you can see where the decal used to be and it was actually like a grocery delivery van uh. um like a fresh produce van or something according to the decal which I'm like, I like that so much more than an electrician van. But yeah, so we bought it. It was completely empty. It had like 107,000 miles on it, I think. And it was reasonably priced. So it was before COVID. It was before everybody was trying to do van life. I think now the vans are way more expensive than what they were. Uh, So we got lucky. We kind of got in like under the wire. But we... Did not know what we were doing. I personally have never built a thing in my life, I don't think. So I was like learning how to use like table saws and stuff. But my boyfriend is a little bit more savvy with that stuff. But we watched a lot of YouTube videos and just kind of like we're winging it. We started with one layout. We did it for about a year and then we switched it up a little bit. But I mean, we have I'm like looking around 
looked at it. We have an electric stove, like an electric stove top. We have solar. So all our energy comes from the solar panels. We have an electric sink. We have a fridge. So we have maybe half the amenities an apartment would have. <laughs> We're missing an oven. We don't have, we use like a little camping toilet. We have an outdoor shower. So we have some things, but yeah, that's what we did. And it looks pretty nice in here, I would say, compared to for doing it all ourselves. Like we just came from a van fest last weekend and, you know, everybody like opens their doors. You can look at everyone's and you can tell the professionally built ones are just like gorgeous. Like we can never compete with those. But if you look at other self-built vans, like we definitely compete for some of the better looking vans, I think. (laughs) Well, that's what's important. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what was it like to like live in an apartment and then to now live in like a confined van? Like parts of it are confined, but then I imagine other parts of it are like way more open. Like, you know, like you were saying, location dependent and like being able to be outside more often. Like, was there a learning curve to the transition or did you just like immediately love it? No, definitely a learning curve. I think still, honestly, four years in, there's still... A learning curve like yesterday we so we went to this van fest over the weekend and it was right next to like a horse track I guess I don't really know but there were like flies everywhere so yesterday we go to like our favorite spot in Arizona so excited to go back we haven't been there in like six months we get there and like we just have flies everywhere in the van and it was like oh my god like this sucks all day you're just like trying to get the flies out of the van So on days like that, it's really hard to remember why we do it because we're like, houses don't really have flies like this. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, I mean, overall, I think we are definitely like used to it, obviously. Uh, But moving in, yeah, it was definitely tough. Preparing to move in was really hard. You know, we had to get rid of everything. So we don't own anything that's not in the van, pretty much. I think I have like a little box at my parents' house. He has one at his of just kind of like pictures and like, what's the word for it? I don't know, like emotional mementos. mementos. Yeah, like little things that are just kind of like you don't want to throw them out, but you can't keep them in the van. So, yeah, everything we own is in the van, which if I were to like tell myself five years ago, I was going to get rid of all my clothes and all my shoes to move into a van. Like I probably would have passed out. I would have been like, no way. (laughs) That's not me. So that was definitely I feel like moving into the van was very difficult. Like just the lead up of being like, holy shit, this means I have to get rid of everything. Trying to sell it, what to donate, what to keep. That was really tough. And then, yeah, I think once we moved into, it's just all of a sudden you're spending every second of every day with the same person. And luckily, I mean, neither of us are fighters, which is great. But still, sometimes you can definitely tell we're like, get on each other's nerves. One of us will be like, I'm just going to go work outside. Don't come after me. (laughs) I just need my alone time. But, um, you know, I think it also forced us pretty early on to, like, deal with some of those things. And, like, how do we like to communicate with each other? You know, what's important, what's worth kind of fighting over, what's not, when to give each other space, when to not. I think we had to figure that out pretty quickly once we moved into the van compared to if we were in an apartment. It's, you know, especially working nine to five, like, we're not with each other all day. And then you just come home at the end of the day. like might be a little bit easier to avoid those conversations. Whereas in the van, it's like, we have to talk about it or it'll just fester, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm, make it yeah. miserable for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no hiding. They can't really yeah. 
go too far. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so something also that I'm interested about van life is like the community aspect of it. Cause like, yeah, you're out alone, but just like you were saying, like there's festivals that you go to and like there's other people. And I imagine like the first time you meet somebody who else is doing the same thing, like you immediately have so much to talk about cause you're like, you know, not, not that many people do it. So when you run into somebody, it's like probably super exciting. What's the like community of van life's like, and I guess how has it changed since you started? Yeah. So I feel like it is different than what I expected it to be like. So I kind of expected like based on social media, I'm like, oh my God, look, everyone who lives in a van are best friends and they all hang out all the time. Uh, that's not, has not been our experience. I think that is the experience for some people, but we'll go to gatherings. We'll talk to people, we'll meet them, but we don't honestly don't really have any van life like friends that we are like, oh, are you going to this festival? So are we, let's meet up. It's like, if it happens by chance, it happens by chance. But I feel like the community now, so when we first got in the van, it was right before COVID. We moved in like, I guess like what, six months before COVID, uh, five months before COVID. And I think the van life movement was growing, but it definitely was not like it was in like 2021. I feel like then it was like, holy shit, like everywhere we went, tons of vans, tons of RVs. And now it's like starting to kind of peter out. I think people are having to go back to work. People at that point, if you moved in in 2021, like now it's been two years. I think people are kind of ready to give it up after that amount of time. I think it's pretty rare, especially now. It's pretty rare for us to meet someone who's done it longer than us. Like looking at younger people under like 40, you know, we meet retirees who are like, oh, yeah, we've been in our RV for 20 years or whatever. But I feel like people around our age, most of them have not been doing it as long as us. So I feel like in a way, the community is kind of shrinking again, which has its pros and cons. Sometimes we'll go to a spot and it's just like totally trashed. That was kind of tough. That was a really big thing in the community for a while was like, all of a sudden you have these people moving into vans and they don't know like the quote unquote etiquette of how to treat a place. So that can be kind of tough, but I feel like as it's shrinking, we're kind of getting back to the people who are doing it for like the, I don't, I don't even know how to word it. Cause I don't want to say like the right reasons, but almost like the right reasons, you know? Yeah. So do you, um, do you ever see yourself like wanting to get out of it or like to stop doing it? Or like, what is that thought process? Like, do you think about that? Yeah. I personally think about it every day because I am always looking for like the worst thing in the world to happen. So my biggest fear is that the van is going to break down and we're not ready for it to break down completely. We've had to like put some serious money into it over the years to keep it going. And we just hit like 200,000 miles like a few months ago. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's just going to break down any day now. And then what? So I'm always like catastrophizing. So I think about it constantly, what we'll do. Depending on the day, I do think I can't imagine not having some sort of vehicle that allows us to travel. So I don't know if we'd build another van, but maybe like a small RV we'd start looking for. I think the freedom it's given us, I can't imagine giving up. Like the thought of still, I mean, we've been traveling to all these places for four years to like find a place to live. I'm still like, I wouldn't want to live any of these places full time. <laughs> like mm. <laughs> even the only place I'm like, maybe San Diego, because if San Diego is like beautiful weather every day. But otherwise, I'm like, 
I want to be in Arizona in the winter, but I want to be Northern California in the summer. And I want to be in the Northeast for the holidays and the fall, you know? So I don't know. We talk about it a lot, but I honestly have no idea if or when we would Mm. settle down. Yeah. It's kind of a a nice, I think, aspect of living like that is like the unknown part of it. Like you're saying, like you could just break down and then now you have to deal with it. And it's like, I don't know. I kind of like the aspect of being forced to have less control over your life. Cause at the end of the day, like we really don't have that much control. We think we do, but like, (laughs) um, it's almost like a little bit of letting go. It seems like for me, obviously I haven't done it. So I'm imagining, but it seems like part of that is like being able to go with the flow and like having to deal with situations as they arise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a practice and surrender for sure. Mm. And like, you know, we, I think a lot about it happened earlier this year. I don't even remember why we went. Something was wrong with the van, but we didn't think it was going to be a big deal. We were like, oh, okay, a few hundred dollars to fix it. And they were like, oh, actually, like your whole bottom is rusted out the whole bottom of the van. And we were like, oh, what does that mean? And they were like, it means you owe us $5,000 and we (laughs) are going to have to like replace the whole bottom of your van. And it's like, oh, shit. I mean, I guess like, I guess we have to do that. Right. <laughs> and so I feel like and then it's like, oh, my God, now we have to like go live in a hotel for days and whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just always something. And it does make you realize that we have zero control. We have no idea what's going on, what's going to happen next. Like you could be our engine light came on a few days ago. Our door handle broke off like two weeks ago. We still haven't fixed it. So like now. I usually my boyfriend drives, so like I'll get in the passenger seat and like have to open the door from the inside for him. Shit like that. It's just always an adventure for sure. Mm. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. Um <laughs> That's one I, way I, to I, put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like that is interesting to me. Like I think that that's that's a cool cool way to live. Um Yeah. We're definitely like always problem solving. I feel like the mm. problem solving part of my brain has probably grown like five hundred sizes. Mm. moving into the van you know like there's no landlord to call if something breaks there's no it's like if something happens like we have to fix it you know Mm -hmm. yeah right that's true i I guess i didn't think about that (laughs) That, that's kind of like the nice thing about living in an apartment is you don't have any responsibilities really except for paying your rent it's like yeah something can break it's like whatever i don't care just i'll call somebody and they'll fix it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so that's funny (laughs) Um, so kind of changing topics and and getting into the other major part of your life, I guess, is astrology and like how, when did that start in relation to van life and like, how did that start? Yeah. So it started, um, I guess it was late 2020, I think. Um, and Alyssa, the co-host of the, or the ex co-host, I guess, of the podcast, (laughs) that's so hard to say, um, (laughs) She and I have been friends since college and she just texted me and was like, hey, I just signed up for this astrology class. Do you want to do it with me? And it was virtual. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I feel like it was still kind of COVID. So, you know, not everything was open. Definitely still like keeping to yourself more than usual. And it was like, sure, why not do this thing on like a Tuesday night? And I just fell in love with it. I casually liked astrology before you know like I would read horoscopes I knew like I was an Aquarius but I had no idea really anything else about it and it just seemed like people say astrology is like its own language 
And I feel like it was just something I like picked up immediately. And I was like, this just makes so much sense to me on a soul level. Like why this matters, how it works, why it's important, you know, without even getting into like all the technical aspects of it. Cause like even, I mean, I don't like touch the surface, you know, of all the knowledge of astrology, but I was just like, I know in my gut, like this came to me for a reason. And like, I'm supposed to like spread the word about it, you know, and teach other people about it if I can. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have done that for me, your guys' podcast. I mean, we originally met each other through your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And I obviously have to listen to the podcast when I'm editing it. <laughs> um, and it's been like a huge inspiration, I guess, to me. And then you did my first astrology reading like maybe a year ago. And yeah, I've just been like more and more and more into it as well. Um, so you mm-hmm. have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you. I'm honored. Um, so yeah, like what, I guess like where do you want to go with that? Or like, I don't know. I mean, you do readings now and like um, there's there's so many things that I think people don't know about astrology and like some people either have like an opinion about it or maybe not an opinion about it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to be able to like have people who have bad opinions about it to maybe second second guess that thought. Um, I, I know that's a horrible question to ask you, but <laughs> to put no, that pressure no. on you. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like I come up against a lot of people who are like, oh, astrology, that's so stupid. Horoscopes aren't real. And I feel like I even have like family members who are kind of like, all right, whatever. That's cute little kid thing you're doing. Um, But I feel like what I would say to anyone who is questioning it or not sure or not liking it is that there is a huge difference between. So I was trained in it's called esoteric astrology. So it's very like soul based. Whereas I think if you are reading about, you know, if you're reading your horoscope in People magazine, like that's great and that's a start, but that's very like surface level pop astrology. And so, you know, the way I think of astrology and the way I think of my readings is it's very interactive. I try not to be prescriptive necessarily. So there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of questions. You know, people have told me it's almost more like a therapy session. Um, I've given readings to therapists before and they're like, oh, this is kind of how I like run my sessions too. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, that's the highest compliment I could like ever receive. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, and I guess too, like I try to make it actionable. So I don't want to just be like, oh, you're a Capricorn man. Like you'll never fall in love. No one will ever love you. All right, pay me and move on. And like, now you get to be toxic your whole life. Like I would never do that. Um, I always try to walk away with like actionable you know, actual items, I guess, that people can do um, and try and make it really relatable to you, I guess. And so everybody's chart has, I, you know, I start every reading with like a little spiel. And part of it is that every chart has parts that you're going to hear and you're going to be like, yep, that's me. That's great. Love that about myself. Woohoo. Love this. And then there are going to be other parts of the chart that I bring up. And you're probably going to be like, oof, like, yeah, I hate that part about myself, you know, Oh, I don't relate to that. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, and this is the basis of the podcast, too, is just being curious about that. Everyone's chart is perfect for them. It's our energetic blueprint. Our souls chose that chart when, you know, it chose to come down to this world, to this life, to this body. And so it's just, you know, getting curious about your chart and why do you have such a reaction 
to those parts that you don't like. Why does that trigger you so much? Really sit with it. Because at the end of the day, like everyone is perfect, right? So it's just becoming familiar with those parts of yourself and leaning into it a little bit more. And also realize, you know, I say everyone's perfect. That does not mean that we are not without faults, but that means like we can always keep building and learning, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure, like true with me. And like, especially when you're saying like, there's certain things you hear and either you don't like it or you're like triggered by it. You're like, oh, that's, that's not true. That's like the first reaction is to just be like, oh, that's just not true. That's why. But Mm -hmm. like, if you, if you approach it with a more curious mindset and, you know, think about like, well, why is that making me upset? Or why is that angering me? Or Mm -hmm. um, then maybe it's like, you know, a shadow side of you or something that you don't really realize that could be a trait or a negative trait. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think it's all, it's all interesting to me. And like all, I more so now like go into it like that open-minded and think like, how, how could this apply to me? Cause like, it's interesting too. Cause like I have this app that tells me stuff about me and uh, it's called the pattern, which is a cool app if nobody's used it. Um, (laughs) And like, sometimes I'll read something and I'll like not like it. Or sometimes I'll read something and be like, oh, that like perfectly applies to this situation that I'm in but then I'll think about it and I'm like well though like it doesn't know that I have this situation like I'm the one making that connection so like mm-hmm. at the end of the day it, it's not like this I don't know I feel like some people are scared of it because it's just telling you like who you are but like you're also the one that's connecting it to like your experience here too um mm-hmm. so it's like it's through your lens but like I don't know just like guidance almost <laughs> yeah yeah and I feel like something one of the bigger things that people one of the biggest critiques of astrology is it's like the power of suggestion, you know, that it's so vague that it could apply to anyone. And like, so I put that in quotes. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I think everybody does have all 12 Zodiac signs in their personality. Some are just way stronger than others. But if I say something and you're like, oh yeah, that relates to me. And then I can give you a way to move through a situation. Or if I say, you know, do you typically, how do you typically handle conflict? You know, you're a Gemini. So your way of handling conflict is sometimes maybe you're going to yell and sometimes you're going to like shy away. You know, is that true for you? And then if they say yes, then we can like talk about ways to move through that or learn from that. If they say no, then it's like, all right, how do you handle conflict? And then we can talk about it from there, you know, like, so I think it just becomes a new perspective of looking at things. I think we get pretty caught up in the way we view ourselves and the way we view the world. And so I think a lot of people come to astrology with a certain idea of what it means. And then when they have a reading, they walk out of it like, oh, wow, it actually means something completely different. And now I'm thinking about myself and situations in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I could I could agree with that. Mm-hmm. So. We are getting a little close to the end of our time here. And I did want to talk about your podcast and also talk about the transition that your podcast is going through. Um, But I guess start with like maybe telling us how the podcast started. Yeah. So the podcast started about a year ago. So it was Alyssa and I who we've been friends since college. We met in a sorority there. So which is a whole story. But we came out of it friends. And then we've been friends ever since. And I feel like the two of us just always have been interested in the same things. You know, we're always like, looking at, you know, like wellness. And obviously, she's the one who even got me into astrology, even though she never really stuck with it. 
Um, you know, she's the one that got me into that. I'm taking a somatic class right now because of her, you know, like, I feel like we just really influence each other and teach each other a lot. And we had both separately been thinking about starting a podcast and then getting overwhelmed and not doing it and then trying to do it again on our own and then getting overwhelmed and not doing it. And eventually we were like, let's just do this together. And that was kind of how it started. And it was a huge blessing to do it with her. I mean, it has been like the biggest honor of my life to work with her the last year doing it together. And I understand why she had to step away. But I also don't think I, I guess I shouldn't say never, but like, I don't know that I would have ever started a podcast on my own, you know, and I think doing it with her for the last year gave me the courage, the bravery, the knowledge to continue it without her now that she's had to step away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also a cool idea, I guess, to even have a podcast together. Cause I think a lot of people start podcasts alone, but like to be able to work together with somebody and like you're saying a people, somebody who's like important in your life and you feel like you balance each other out or like help each other grow and learn. Like it was interesting, like to hear the both perspectives that you both had, like during the course of the podcast. And it's helpful sometimes to like do things with other people instead of just doing it like alone. Like, I guess you can do it alone, right? Like I'm sure you could have done it alone, but it's like, it's a, it's a almost a greater thing to do it with somebody else mm -hmm. to like collaborate and create something that you couldn't have created alone or that she couldn't have created alone. Um, but yeah, so that being said, um, now you're going to do it alone. And um, what what's the future of the podcast or, or where do you want the podcast to be in the future? Is it going to be more towards astrology leading now or? Because yeah, it, I think because she's, a, I guess we have to give some background because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's a therapist, right? And, and you're the astrologer yeah. and it was kind of like the both of you coming together to talk about astrology and, and other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think by default it will be. I definitely think it almost gives me more freedom now, I think, to do it on my own. So I almost see it becoming more of like, you know, before it was a lot of health and wellness, which I think it will still primarily be that. But I'm almost like now it would make sense to have on someone who does van life, you know, whereas before maybe that wouldn't have made as much sense. So I think, you know, that's just one example. But I'm excited to kind of just follow my curiosity a little bit more and not have to worry about kind of the box we had put ourselves in. I feel like now I'll be able to, you know, I can kind of just do whatever I want because it's mine, right? And so I think that'll be interesting to see like how I choose to grow it. I don't really know, to be honest. I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants, just kind of like, oh my God, I guess this is mine now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely think like that's what comes to mind is I think there will be, you know, we'll, I'll keep the same name, the moon in your mind. I love the name. So I don't ever want to change that. But I think it doesn't necessarily need to fit in that space all the time anymore. You know, maybe only 80% of the time. Um, and I think it'll just be like a natural progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've certainly, I, I guess there's, there's uh, helpfulness in like trying to create some sort of box so you can, I don't know, let people know what you're doing. But there's also kind of a nice thing to like not have a box and just kind of just go and do the things like a couple mm -hmm. keywords or something, but like <laughs> go off yeah. on just different things. Like that's kind of how I've found this podcast to be is like, I initially just started like 
interviewing and I guess I still am just interviewing people that I know and like that I think are cool and like just mm-hmm. trying to learn from them and the themes I guess kind of interweave in and out but like I'm talking to people that do very different things like mm-hmm. it's not just one it's not just like entrepreneurs or creatives or artists it's like all the things that interest me and that's what's kind of cool about podcasting is like it can be everything that you're interested in and then it helps you figure out more so what you're interested in um mm-hmm. so i think it's an exciting place to be yeah yeah and i mean the podcast has taught me so much too and like you know doing it with Alyssa, we've had guests on who are like heroes of mine you know and like when would i have ever gotten a chance to talk to some of them i would have had to probably pay them like thousands of dollars for you know to like talk to them and be one of their clients but instead i feel like the the way podcasts are just inherently like built i guess like you just get to sit down and have a conversation with the coolest people you know mm-hmm. it's just it's incredible it's so fun like it's just i love it i didn't i knew i was going to like it there was a reason i felt so drawn to doing it i did not expect to love it as much as i do mhm yeah i always say that like it's even if nobody ever listens it's so beneficial to me because i get to have like long form conversations with somebody that I'm interested in what they're doing and like mm-hmm. where can you do that like normally that's like an ask or a favor but here right. it's like well it's a podcast so it's like it's it's kind of a win-win thing I guess mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so so that's been cool yeah so yeah um we're like I said we're coming to the end of our time here so uh if people are interested and they want to get an astrology reading which I would highly recommend where where should they go and where can they listen to your podcast Yeah. So the podcast is called The Moon in Your Mind. It's on every platform, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, I think is another big one, wherever. It's everywhere that I could possibly get it. And then you can follow me on social media. It's Chelsea Winter Wellness. I'm trying to grow my following. That's like another big project I'm doing. So I'm really out of my comfort zone doing reels and stuff recently. And then if you want a reading, you can email me. It's just Chelsea at ChelseaWinterWellness.com or go on ChelseaWinterWellness.com and you can actually just book it right on there. Awesome. Well, I would definitely link all that information in the show notes so people don't have to remember it. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was a really fun conversation. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Thank you for listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you liked today's episode and are interested in more, you can sign up for my Substack newsletter with the link in the show notes where I share thoughts, tips, and ideas that I'm learning along my journey to help inspire you. The show was produced by Pleasant Podcast at pleasantpodcast.com.